Hey, Samir. Hey, Nathan. How's God been working in your life lately? God has been teaching me a lot of things, one particularly being showing me that my weaknesses, but in a good way. Okay. Let me show. So the analogy I want to give is, imagine you want to fly. Okay. And you want to fly and you like are starting to build this gadget, this device that gives you these wings and they're like, they can lift you up. They give you air to not dynamic. They give you power to get it onto the sky. And you, you got this machine and then you start fly, you try to fly with it and something yanks you back and you notice there's a chain. Okay. And it's like... Did you put that chain there? No, the chain was there, but you just never noticed it. Okay. So you... And you're still not aware of it. You're still not aware of the chain. So you say, oh, what's going on? Then you try to add more more fuel, more power. You try to add more power to your wings because you, you think you just need more power. And you try again and you go up, 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 and then something yanks you back. And it's finally you have to take a step back and realize maybe it's not the wings or the power of the wings that I need to look at. Maybe it's what is holding me down. And it takes some time. Sometimes what I've noticed is you need to self-reflect. Okay. You need to be self-aware of your own weaknesses and what's holding you down. And so what is holding you down right now? Oh, okay, we're going in. So what I realized about me is that enemy, the devil, tends to attack me when I'm emotionally vulnerable. Okay. So what that means is if I'm sad about something, if something has disappointed me, what I tend to do is I tend to push it off. I tend to act like it hasn't bothered me. Even if it hurt me, life moves on and you move on so fast without really processing it, you know, and bringing it to God. So you shove it to the corner and you move on. But isn't that a recipe for disaster? It is. And then you realize that the enemy uses that to like put you into, yeah, he uses that against you. And I think God was revealing to me my weakness. The enemy's been using that to kind of put you in a cycle of self-destruction in a sense. And it's like, he's showing me that this is an area that you've been poorly handling. There's a weakness that you haven't been managing well. So how are you going to be managing it well in the future? It's all about not ignoring it. I think men tend to ignore their feelings. Yeah. It's not just, yeah, you know, it's not theological. It's not like something that comes to the front head of brains, not through the logic, but it's your emotions. And we tend to think that, you know, the best way you deal with emotions, you ignore it or you move on without really processing how you feel. But it's really feeling it, examining why you feel the way you feel, bringing it to God and then moving forward in a healthy way. And I think that has been a better coping mechanism than what I've been doing in the past. And uh, I've been thankful for that. So how's what God been working on? Life. I would say God has been working my life recently after getting my work hours suspended and seeing the economy crash. I was kind of wondering, well, I want to get another job, but how am I going to get another job? And I was I was browsing through Facebook when I saw this post on the Vanguard Bible College group page. What did it say? Uh, it said that there were uh, 60 new job positions over at a, a homeless uh, shelter called Hope Mission because they needed to start adhering to the social distancing policies that the government had put out. And so they were going to be moving their their homeless people off to different buildings and they needed people to come in and help take care of them. And so I sent off a quick email to the person who was in charge of it. I asked them, hey, 
hey, do you still have a job open and available? They said, yes, orientation is going to be in two days. I, I suppose it's going to be a, a dangerous position because I'm going to be in regular contact with people who are at high risk for the coronavirus. But honestly, like I want to work in a field that's purposeful and that will help me get me to where I want to be in life. I want to be able to make a difference in this really troubling time. I don't want to just sit at home and play video games or watch movies, which I wasn't planning on doing that much of anyways. I feel like this is a time when we're all called to something greater. Not a whole lot of people are stepping up to that call. And this might sound incredibly selfish or vain, but like if this is going to be the third act of, a, of an Avengers movie, I want to be fighting along with all the rest of the heroes and doing what I can to keep evil at bay. But yeah, that's how God's been working in my own life. So how do we transition to the topic we wanted to talk about yeah. for this episode? I think just telling them how what we were talking about. So okay. we just spontaneously wanted to talk about or record what we were talking about. Talking about black culture versus white culture yeah. and how we each see success. In the world, I guess, how success is viewed and how it's presented. Yeah, and in this case, we kind of know what we're talking about because we've been in those cultures before. Yeah, because we're not the same, right? We're not the same, no. Not the same. Like, I, I find it fascinating that, like, how black rappers, black NBA stars, what they tend to, if they're rich, what the way that they present that they're rich is very different than how white people, when they're millionaires and when they're rich, tend to show off their rich and they have money. Do you know what I mean? I'm not judging them, but in a sense, I am because... Well, how how do they showcase themselves? I guess in the black community, that that's where I could speak for is that if you watch any rappers or what you, you grew up listening to music, music videos and stuff like that, and watching music videos, you'll see that it's the way that you know someone's wealthy or the way that you know someone has money is that one they have a lot of girls, two they have a nice house, and three especially they dress really nice. It's like how you dress is really important. Like, do you have the nicest shoes? Do you have the new newest kicks do you have the newest clothes and it's clothing is very big in black culture and then it's your home and then it's your cars that stuff is how we rich people tend to show off that they're rich or black rich people that's how you know this person got money but in the white like when we talk about Warren Buffett, when we talk about Bill Gates, it's like you're not seeing them with a bunch of girls. Well, they're old men now. I guess that's a good point. Like maybe we're comparing oranges and apples. But let's let's talk about say Mark Zuckerberg. He's still young, right? He's still youngish, yeah. But he still doesn't. He has a Chinese what, girlfriend or wife. A Chinese wife, I believe. Yeah, and he doesn't dress very fancy. It's very like plain. Yeah, it's uh, you would if you saw him on the street, you'd just think he's another person that lives around the corner. Yeah, but I think though this is my point: black people sh show their wealth and their money through music and and uh, fashion and cars. That's how they show. Even if that drug dealers or if they're drug dealers, NBA players, or if they're business owners, like there's a certain way that they show off that they have money. Yeah. White people, though, the way they show off, because I saw Bill Gates driving a van, or I think I saw some video like that. It's like the way they show off, though, it doesn't look the same. It's more like they both have the same heart. It's like, I'm going to show that I got money. But for white people, it's I'm going to show that I have money by showing how subdued I am with that money. Yes. Or it's through the idea that like, 
like I am invited to these high-end clubs. Like black people don't care if they're invited to a golf. Not even if they're Tiger Woods. No, no, not like you know those clubs that like are exclusive for like these certain members. Okay. Like those kind of things. Like black people don't care if you're invited to that exclusive members club. But white people, it's like if they're rich, like I want to make it to that club. I want to make it to that MV VIP status. And it's like so. There's a difference of what's the word? There's a difference of what is valued within white culture and black culture. It's like black culture values clothes and the newest Nike. What do you think drives black culture's desire to pursue wealth? I think a better life. I think obviously it's having the things they didn't have when they're younger, and or it's just wanting more of it. Okay. And I think, but also is. But wouldn't the same thing be the case for white culture as well? What drives their motive? Yeah, I think my point here isn't to answer the question what drives and motivates all these different cultures because I think it's there's some similarities within all of them, but I think the way they show that they have money is more drastically different. Okay. Do you get my point? So what motivates it might be the same, but if I have money and you have money and you wanted to boast about that you had money and I wanted to boast that I had money, the way that you would boast that you have money and the way I would boast that I have money looks so different. If I might ask, expanding upon this idea of motivation, do you think that the idea of community praise would be something that would motivate Black people to try and get rich? I think that motivates all people. I don't think. Well, I, I I would argue that for Black people, there's more of a communal mindset, and for White people, there's an individual mindset. Okay, explain. We both go to an Ethiopian church, right? Yeah. People are very social. People are very, they're externally motivated, right? They're motivated by the people around them. And I would say that as a white person, granted, I'm also autistic. I don't really care about how other people view me from a social standpoint. But speaking as a white individual, I'm more motivated by personal achievement, knowing that I got to a certain status and being proud of that within myself. So like meeting your own expectations, meaning yes. Oh, that's interesting. I've never even looked at it that way. Because you're black. Yeah, but I don't know. I I think this just adds to this conversation. I think maybe that individualistic mindset does add to the conversation. Does it drive white cultures? Is it more about boasting to themselves more than boasting to others? I don't know. But it, yeah, I know for sure though in the black community there is a sense of I want to show my mom, I want to show my friends, I want to show my community I made it. There is a motivation that's more communal, but with white people, I don't know if that's always the case. But it's they boast about it differently. That's my point, though. But what what would you say is the main issues with how white people maybe pursue money or how they boast about money? Let's start off with pursuing money mm -hmm. because that's going to be an easier foundation to start off with. Yeah. When you have this individual mindset, you're thinking about yourself and you might be thinking about your company but not necessarily everyone in that company, you're thinking about how you relate to that company. That's like on the extreme end. And so if you're pursuing wealth, if you're thinking to yourself, I wanna make more money for my company so that I can make more money for myself, so mm -hmm. that I can feel good about making more money, so that I can be driven more to get the things that I want in life. It's, it's just going to lead to this repetitive cycle where you, you kind of become a, a narcissistic jerk who doesn't really care about the people around you. I, th I think that's an impression a lot of people have of CEOs of various companies. 
But I think overall though, I think in both cultures, black or white, I think it looks different, but the motivation for money and the boasting is evident. It's clear. It just looks very different. So, but we see it in both cultures. And so that's very interesting that that's the kind of examples, the examples you gave me, give me perspective on how it looks more in white, West, white cultures. And yeah, but in black cultures, it's like what it has done is you grow up watching movies and film and music videos where uh, rappers or movie stars are always flashing their chain or always flashing their cars or always flashing their women and you kind of start getting this appetite for whatever that is and it's not so much that you want just money it's more that i want that life and then you start becoming chained to the ground yeah you know i mean you want whatever that looks like and it's not just that you want money it's more than that it's that life and it's a lie. They sell you a lie. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's the boasting has affected generations of young people, generations that have grown up watching movies and music videos because of the boasting that we've seen in these um, mediums. So yeah, it's an interesting thing what boasting can do to the next generation because it kind of shifts your eyes from pure motivations to defiled motivations, unpleasing motivations. Do you think those motivations are going to change given how the economy is currently crashing oh that's such a good question because on one hand like everyone is starting to get brought down to the ground and so maybe for some people they want to look back up and say to themselves you know what i don't like it down here i want to be up there and i just want to aspire to that lifestyle and for some other people they might just say you know what it's not worth it I just want to go back to how things were normally. I think epidemics like this make people take a step back and see life with a wider lens. So let me give you a perfect illustration. So imagine you're like, you're, there's a dot on the wall and you come so close to the dot that, and it's like the wall is humongous. The wall is huge. There's so much things on this wall, but you see this little red dot and you zoom in so close and you have your eyes fixed on it and you stare at it for years and years and years. And then one day, how do you survive in this room? Okay. I'm just, it's an illustration. Then one day you have to take a step back. You take a step back and you're mind blown because all there are these other paintings, other arts that is all around this little red dot that you had your eyes fixed on that you, because you've had your eyes fixed on this little red dot, you've been missing the other beauties of life, the other paintings of like the other art that's on this wall because you've been so focused on this job for so long and i feel like times like this is like they're the epidemics that make you take a step back and realize that life is more there's more to life than that little red dot that there's actually something going on that's more broad more beautiful but you have to take a step back and i feel like epidemics like this make everyone sit their butt down and say what is life about what is the purpose of life? Why am I here? If I die today, what's going on? Like, it brings them more closer to the reality of God, the reality of life with God, the reality of there's something more than just what I've been living for. So that is where, I don't even know how I got here, but that's well, we need I'm, to tie this into God and Jesus somehow, right? Exactly. So that's what I would say. I think epidemics like this, shift people's eyes from the red dot to the whole wall yeah you know and um and you know what it, what's interesting is like if i might ask yeah. speaking as a white person with total ignorance 
those those black people who have uh, been boasting about their wealth are they actually happy? I've heard too much stories that tell me no. Okay. Because you know it's it's just a facade, it's a mask. It's you know we Canadians, we West Northern Americans have more money than half the world. Yeah. And we're the most anxious, depressed, suicidal nation by far. And we might be spending most of that money on drugs. And yeah, so it's like I don't care how much you try to tell me that money can bring happiness. I don't buy it. I've had money. We have money and we're still not happy. So like it's there's something more than life than just I think God wants us to be happy. I know that sounds such a prosperity gospel kind of thing. But he also wants us to be happy in him. In him. And I think happiness, true happiness is found in in God. But we want happiness in all these false idols that we set for ourselves, all these other pursuits that we have in our hearts that we think will make us happy, but they end up really robbing us of our happiness. Well, sometimes they make us happy, but only for a little while. For a little while, but not lasting happiness. Not this like, you know, happiness has so much elements. It's not just feel so much pleasure. It's peace it's joy it's there's more you know i don't know how to explain it but they're looking for that people are looking for that and i don't think they're going to find it in in wealth and i'm happy this epidemic might humble people if, if you're in the black culture if in your white culture it might like make people sit down and stop boasting long enough so that they can just boast in christ and then the cross and and through that they find true happiness that's quite a hopeful note to end things on. Anyways, see you guys next time. This has been Because We're Not the Same, a podcast hosted, produced, and edited by Nathan Raymond Ray, and co-hosted by Samir McConan. To listen to more episodes, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Verbal, iHeartRadio, or Podbean. You can also visit our Facebook page or our website, bwntscast.wordpress.com. If you're interested in coming on the show as a guest, feel free to reach out to us and we'll see about having you on. Thank you for listening.